cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 3rd of November, 2009. As always, I advise newcomers to look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll find hundreds of talks for download in audio form. Talks I've given over the past were trying to fill in the big black holes to give you for history to show you the world's planned. It's always planned and run to paradigms, as they say, either religious or political for a certain phase or a mixture of the two and sometimes back into the, the same thing again as sort of a religious idea which is the greening agenda to rule the world and rule all of us for the next hundred years or so. So I, I give you the evidence from the, the writers themselves, the participants who love to spill their be- beans in their biographies, the boys who sit at boring meetings, take big fat paychecks to lie through their teeth to the public. But they do love, as I say, to put a lot in their biographies, and it's worthwhile reading them. You get a lot of gray hairs in the meantime, but and you'll sleep a lot too, because it's the best sleeping thing there is. You don't need drugs for that. But if you can keep awake, once in a while you come across the occasional paragraph, the gem in the whole book, that really lets the cat out of the bag. And that's what, what you get. Knowledge is always scattered, so I try to find all the scattered bits and put it together for you. Now, you can also see on that site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, all the alternate web- websites I have. There's cuttingthrough.jenkins.com, cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca, Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, and Alan Watt, Sentinel.eu. Uh, you should use these sites um, an alternate nice if you want to to get the downloads because they tend to go right through. Everyone goes into the com site at the same time, and that overloads them, and uh, you find it sticks sometimes. So try these alternate sites. Plus, when the big sites go down again, you'll always have a source to, to get the latest talks from if you bookmark them. And the Sentinel site, the Sentient Sentinel site, is a European site, has all the audios, plus it has transcripts for download, and they're in the various languages of Europe. You are the listeners, indeed. You bring me to you, and only a few contribute to keep me going at all. Same people all the time, has been for years. That's the nature of the world we live in today. Everyone wants stuff for free. They don't realize that the freer it gets, the more you're being conned generally, because, because that's how they're doing it. That's why they gave us the Internet, with all these free things to get into on the Internet, to gather all your personal data. It saves them the job of having to spy on you. And people jump into it, but they don't, they don't realize that um, no one's backing me. There's no NGO here. There's no foundation. Mind you, I've had offers from foundations. I've turned them down. Because then I'm compromised. I've been asked to speak at world citizenship meetings. For instance, that blew me away after I'd been ranting on about Rockefeller for ages. And I turned that down too. And believe you me, with that would come the backing. And I wouldn't have to sit here for five, ten minutes a night asking for a few pennies from the people out there. And most people do succumb, believe you me, 
Most folk do succumb. These big boys are stunned when you say no. So it's up to you to keep me going. Look for the few things I have for sale. I don't have time to churn things out. That's all. And you can also donate to me as well. How to do it is on the website, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And those who get disburned and passed to them to play on their CD players, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estere, Ontario, Canada. Postal code is P as in Peter, 3, E as in Elizabeth, 4, N as in Nora, 1, P3E4N1. And we're back with more after this break. Thousands of dollars per day for every leaky draft you have. 
or any hole that a mouse has chewed through. You get fined for that until you can't live anymore. And that's part of the agenda. You ain't seen nothing yet, nothing at all. The biggest scams in history have been pulled by the liars of history, and it's those guys who unfortunately have led the revolutions for an awful long time, including the communist ones and all the ones within the U.S. that didn't even notice were actual revolutions. And because they're multi-millionaires, it throws people off. They think that communists are some peasant with dungarees and a pitchfork. No, that's not what... Communism is the most elitist, elitist organization that believes truly in Darwinism. The people cannot rule themselves. They must have a dictatorship. You see? They're too stupid to rule themselves. And the elite intelligentsia and scientists have the right to rule you. That's what it's all about. And bring down the population as well. I think these guys all got kind of thrown off when there were child children on the, the straight path. They got to play with dolls' houses and things where they rearranged everything in the rooms and, and then got globes of the world. Started changing all that after they started with villages and towns and then cities. But this is, there's, no, there's an intelligence behind this. We must not, never forget there's an incredible intellect behind this. An intellect that has no problem deceiving. In fact, you have to admire the intellect because it's, it's incredibly good at deceiving. Christopher Monckton, and I'll put his link up again for his video on my website at the end of the show, he put it all on the line in a talk he gave into the, in the U.S. He, he blew apart all the fake theories. He told you why they're fake. He presented the actual factual scientific evidence as opposed to the fictitious stuff because it's a political agenda. Remember, this whole global warming rubbish to rule the world and control the world. And he blows it apart. But nothing's going to change it because, you see, for generations they've had all the right people in, in every country at the same time, all put in by the same people, all financed into power by the same peoples that run what we perceive as the communist elitist agenda. And it suits the bankers awfully well, the international bankers, because after all, uh, they, love, they love collectivism. It's easier to deal with a government that can mandate the people work for nothing or give up all they have to the government that goes back to the bankers and having to go around every door in the land, try and get recoup your loans or whatever else you want from them. Very old agenda. It's a religion too, a real, real religion. At the top. In fact, it was ruled a religion by a judge just today in Britain, where an, an, an viral freak, a real freak, a guy that you'd you'd, you'd love to um, oh, ask to close the windows in a high rise in a windy day. He uh, he was he lost his job. This is from the Mail Online. Judge rules that green views are the same as religious beliefs. As the sacked environmentalist wins legal battle, then he goes through this little prune with his bicycle there, his eco bicycle, and his job. It is down. You find out what his job was at the place he got laid off from. Was in charge of um, environmentalism for the company, basically. So he kept at them about their waste here and their waste there and their waste because they said it's a belief that he has it's like having someone trying to convert you to Jesus non-stop and, and, and calling the holy the holy bible non-stop at you that's what these guys are like so they fired him naturally 
and he's got, his, he's got compensation the whole bit because he's on with the agenda. So there you are, it's a belief. Now why is a religious belief running the world here? Because it's not based on scientific fact. In fact, it's just the opposite, we're cooling. We're cooling. The seas aren't warming, they're cooling too. Because everyone at the top, including that judge there, will know. And he'll love the green man as well, because all Masons do. Masons just a tool of the guys who rule the world, you know. Just a tool. They don't rule the world themselves, but they are the workers, you might say, the workmen. Very old agenda. Very, very old. And as I say, this stuff goes on and on and on. I mean, here's an article here. Just a few years ago, people would say the New World Order, and it's, oh, you're a freak, aren't you? You're one of these conspiracy nuts. But we've seen it all over the newspapers. Gordon Brown used it at his speech at the G20. And here's the, the Washington Times. It says here, President Obama, it says, uh, Obama's New World Order by Jeffrey T. Kuhner. President Obama is on a path toward establishing a one-world government. This is the warning of Christopher Monckton, a former major policy advisor to British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. In December, world leaders will descend upon Copenhagen to sign a United Nations Climate Change Treaty that will succeed the 1997 Kyoto Protocol, which is aimed at reducing greenhouse gases, and set to expire in 2012. An agreement has been drafted. Now, this is not just a simple agreement. This is a treaty. Binding treaty. In fact, that's what they're after. They've said it. They're after binding treaties here. The goal of the Copenhagen Treaty is to erect an international cap-and-trade regime, regime, like that word regime, non-elected, to curb carbon dioxide emissions said to be responsible for man-made global warming. Nonsense. Recently, Prime Minister Gordon Brown warned of a climate catastrophe, a rising wave of floods, droughts, and shrinking food crops, Unless a treaty is signed, Mr. Brown even said global warming would inflict more damage than both world wars and the Great Depression combined. The world has only several weeks to save itself from the impending doom. <laughs> I guess they're going to make him put him in the, in the, the prophets of the Old Testament. It says here, if we do not reach a deal at this time, let us be in no doubt. Once the damage from unchecked emissions growth is done, no retrospective global agreement in some future period can undo that choice, said Mr. Brown. Has thus, so he's thus outdone former Vice President Al Gore and all his BS in fear-mongering and inciting public hysteria. Global warming alarmists are usually the myth of climate change to impose an embryonic socialist world government. No kidding. Is it some sort of, consp- oh, some sort of myth, eh? A myth of climate change uh, to impose an embryonic socialist world government. Following the collapse of communism, the West's progressive elites to desperately search for a viable ideology alternative. They found it in environmentalism. No, we've quoted from the Club of Rome before. They're the big think tank for the global elitists and the UN. They came up with the idea in the 1970s. That's what they would use before any fall of communism. Although the Green Movement wraps itself in the flag of empirical science, it rejects the very opposite, a dogma that provides meaning and purpose to its rabid followers. The ideology justifies massive tax increases and government control of the economy. It seeks to cripple free enterprise and curtail market-driven growth. Many of today's Greens are yesterday's Reds. You better believe it. They're still, they're still Reds. 
They're different colors, you see. They're different colors for the different phases. Pythagoras, isn't it? Global warming is the greatest fraud of our time. The overwhelming scientific evidence shows that rather than getting hotter, their temperatures are cooling. Increasing numbers of leading scientists are challenging the flawed computer models used by eco-alarmists. Mr. Goal and his supporters cannot answer several simple questions. If the Earth's temperatures are no longer rising, then how can CO2 emissions be responsible for global warming? How could previous dramatic increases in global temperatures, such as the end of the Ice Age, have taken place without concentrations of CO2? The answer is obvious. Carbon emissions are not connected to fluctuations in global temperatures. Back after these messages. This is cutting through the matrix, just going over the, the nonsense to do with this big um, artificial system that's coming in to take care of our lives as seen fit by the elites who rule us and who will definitely be ruling us even more so in the very, very near future, uh, ruling us into the ground, in fact, a form of leveling, and also taxing you uh, as you die off, taxing the last penny out to, uh, to supposedly transfer the wealth across the world where they'll take care of projects supposedly but in actuality it will go into their big wonderful new cities they're building quietly across the planet for themselves very high tech ones, they're already moving into them Uh, but that doesn't matter, you see reality doesn't matter in the propaganda we're given it's not based on reality we're ruled by fiction and Al Gore and his pals, I'll say his pals, uh, certainly have been ruling the world for a long time with fiction. It's interesting to see who his family lineage happens to be and who his offspring are married to. You find the shifts here, all the usual ones, Colonel Loeb and Company boys, and the world bankers, as always. As always. You know, groomed basically by Arm and Hammer, who uh, came over from Russia became a backstreet abortionist and was caught a few times killing people and, um, and then started peddling uh, quack medicine so he was caught for that and locked up for a little while by that too and then went over to the Soviet Union made a deal with them had an apartment next to Lenin and uh, suddenly got very very wealthy and famous by doing deals between American goods to Russia and vice versa it's, it's quite something, you know, how these characters operate. And here they are, still operating yet, right at the very top, and teaching utter lies to school children now, with, before anything signed. Or, and there's no consensus on this, by the way. All this consensus of science is nonsense, utter rubbish. And Christopher Monckton demolishes that in his video. And so I'll put that up at the end of the night, the, the link. And it won't stop. Facts won't stop this. It's been in the works for too long. Everybody's on board. Every prime minister across the planet's on board with this, already to sign away their country. They'll be well, well rewarded, believe you me, well rewarded. This article here is from the Telegraph, November the 3rd. Al Gore could become world's first carbon billionaire. It's amazing how they, as they're fleecing the public and getting laws passed globally, they're the guys that always seem to profit from it, isn't it? What luck these guys have. 
They never ever dreamed they'd get stinking rich, even more stinking rich than they already are. So it says, um, last year Mr. Gore's venture capital firm loaned a small California firm $75 million to help develop energy-saving technology. The company Silver Spring Networks produces hardware and software to make the electricity grid more efficient by using electricity, I suppose. The deal apparently to pay off in a big way last week when the Energy Department announced $3.4 billion in smart grid grants. Isn't that wonderful? The New York Times reports of the total, more than $560 million went to utilities with which Silver Spring has contracts. That's Mr. Gore's company. The move means that venture capital company Kleiner Perkins and its partners, including Mr. Gore, could recoup their investment many times over in coming years. Oh, they're so fortunate, aren't they? But mind you, they just want to help the world and rule you properly and make sure you eat your GMO veggies because that's all you're going to get and a very limited supply of them too, I may add. Since few people have been as vocal about the urgency of global warming and the need to reinvent the, the way the world produces and consumes energy as Mr. Gore. Mr. Gore's reinvented a lot of stuff. He really gets facts and twists them out into the, oh, the universe and spirals. Then few have put as much money behind their advocacy and are as well positioned to profit from this green transformation if and when it comes. Well, it's coming all right. It's already getting taught in schools. Critics mostly on the political right and amongst global warming skeptics say Mr. Gore is poised to become the world's first carbon billionaire, profiteering from government policies he supports that would direct billions of dollars to the business ventures he has invested in. They live, they live off us, these guys. They live off our tax money. Grants, remember, are gifts. They're gifts. There's no paying back interest on that for them. It would be wonderful to get Santa Claus and as your government leader, eh? Representative Marsha Blackburn, Republican of Tennessee, has claimed that Mr. Gore stood to benefit personally from the energy and climate policies he was urging Congress to adopt. Mr. Gore, Gore has said that he is simply putting his money where his mouth is. He's got a very wide mouth, if you noticed that. Do you think there's something wrong with being active in business in this country? Mr. Gore said, it's amazing how these communists will, will use capitalism when it suits them eh? but then what else can you think up because they're all liars they're all utter utter liars remember they call it the noble lie when they come up with great ideas like how do we rule the world for another hundred years bring the populations down and stop them consuming and uh, make them go under quietly well we'll invent a religion uh, we'll get all these scientific data and we'll fudge it all all of it's fudged by the way all of it's fudged. Again, Christopher Monckton in his video goes through the science of it and shows you where they fudged it. He actually called it into court in Britain because we're going to start teaching Mr. Gore's book in school for school children and they had to point out all the complete utter fallacies and errors and outright lies that were in the book. And the judge ruled that was right. They'd have to do that before the children could read it rather than brainwash them with nonsense. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
watts and we're cutting through the matrix. They said the noble lie, they call it at the top. You can't tell the little children, that's us, of course, the truth about anything. So to get them to go along in a certain direction, especially when it's not going to really be to their benefit, you've got to lie to them. They can't see the long-term um, intelligence behind this kind of planning. You just can't see it. You know how you're going to be drastically poor in poverty, but the, the population in the world will be reduced, and, and the right people will go on into the future. Those are the right kind of breeding will go off into the future and have plenty to eat and a wonderful playground of a, of a, a human-stripped earth, basically. That's the idea of it. But we must go along with them. And remember the Club of Rome, they have a, a new uh, website up now. They've really re-emerged, you might say, from all their backroom dealings and schemes, and they've come out again to push this whole Al Gore agenda. And they, mind you, they are, they do have the ear of every political leader across the planet. Because everyone who's a leader right now across the planet is put in by the big, big club at the top. That's why they know they can pull it off. Every politician, every wannabe, is, will, will, will brown nose to, to infinity to get in on this and, and be a nice yes man or, or woman, it doesn't matter. Uh, because they know which way the wind is blowing. This is the agenda, they're all on board. Remember the Club of Rome said that it, they were given the, the task of finding a way to bring together a global society. It also meant creating a global culture, by the way. Not something that would emerge by itself over a long period of time. They give you the culture. It's actually here. The start of it's already in process. We've been living through it. And if they find how they could unite the planet, force the planet to unite, terrify the public into doing it, and the only way that that happens is through warfare, where we allow ourselves to be ID'd and rationed and confined to certain areas without passes, that kind of stuff, checkpoints, and so they, they gave us that with 2001 kicking it off for the century of change and escalating from then. Bird flu that vanished and we also had, I think it was um, West Nile virus was going to kill us, all that vanished. But one crisis after another, now we've got this supposed pig flu on the go that's just more hype than anything else, to be honest with you. Uh, a, a bank collapse and another one, it comes apparently. Um, and, and trillions to pay off as we puts uh, most of our economy uh, across the, the world, the sharing of wealth. One of the, plas one of the planks of the Communist Manifesto, well, that was a Club of Rome's idea, to come up with an idea, a war scenario. The common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up, we came up, I'll repeat that for the heart of thinking, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine and the like, would fit the bill. All these terrible things. See? All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. And they patted themselves on the bank and slipped her brandy and put it into action from the 70s onwards. That was from the Club of Rome, from the first global revolution, the book written by the two founders, and they actually say they're the premier environmental think tank and consultants to the United Nations. But I'll say I'll put their latest site up there for you to check all the greeny, goody stuff and all the lies that they tell you for yourselves. Now there's a, a caller 
Now, I'll take her before I go on to the next topic. There's Deborah from Houston there. Hey there, Deborah. Uh, yes. Um, yes. Um, I would like to ask a question um, of you. You've mentioned these last couple of days. You've talked about the elite cities. Mm-hmm that are being um, built, and I've searched for information regarding those, and I'm wondering if you could give me some more information about that. Yep. You, you can actually scan for the documentaries they did, in fact, on um, super cities. Uh, the CBC did one, the BBC did one too, and the ones they were talking about were primarily in China. And these are very advanced, the most advanced cities in China, but it's been made primarily for Western multi-billionaires to move into. There's one on the go as well in, in Dubai. I have people uh, working there right now, in fact, who keep me in touch. And they brought in 600,000 workers from all over the world who work there full-time, 16 hours a day, by the way, throwing up, again, this incredible advanced city. They all have pyramids. There's another one in Kazakhstan, uh, Kazakhstan, and I think it's called um, uh, Astana. They call it Astana. If you look at that on the internet, put on virgin ground, not built over a city. It's on virgin ground. It's full of pyramids again, and it's supposed to be a multi-billionaire's paradise city. A very high tech, um, and there's quite a few websites up there with Astana uh, on it, and mm-hmm. you have uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, up, up there in the websites, but look for um, futuristic cities in your search, and you, you'll come up with a whole stack of them. And they're um, all built in most mm-hmm. beautiful locations. The one in Astana is surrounded by mountains and have lakes around about it, um, and underground uh, high-tech subways and so on. And that, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's, that's going to be the playgrounds for the future. There's quite a few going across the world right now. And believe you me, like Dubai, there's just as much getting built underground as overground. Well, and um, the one in Dubai, is that the one that's being built on land that they're dredging from the floor of the ocean? Uh, n- not really. I mean, uh, they put a lot of nonsense out about that place. Um, what they decided years ago was that the U.S., rather, this is this, this before, in fact, the same guys who came out with the, the project for a new American century said, uh, in fact, it was put forth by Gene Kirkpatrick a long, long time ago, um, rather, rather because they would be conquering the world, literally running the world and grabbing the resources, including all the oil fields, uh, that they should, rather than build temporary bases and cost a fortune, then put out even bigger money out and put permanent bases there that would be there for maybe a hundred years. But along with these permanent bases were to come super cities, that these wealthy people, as the world goes down, because this is all the agenda up until the year 2050 and beyond riots, food shortages and so on, as we go down the hill, the elite move into these big super cities guarded by the high-tech military around them. And uh, that was put out there in the time of Reagan. Really? Yeah. And that's the, that's the idea. Every base, and Obama just uh, sanctioned another four or five permanent bases, multi-billion, billion, billion-dollar deals. And these are permanent high-tech bases, but they're always putting up these massive cities next to them, not for the local peasantry, but for the elite of the Western world to move into and so on. Yeah. 
And it's being paid for by the U.S. military, correct? That's right. In other words, the U.S. taxpayer is paying for it all. And then right. you find that a lot of it, too, gets put through the United Nations through different ways, uh, through taxation and grants to them, and they're also involved in the building of these things. Yeah. Because they're not going to bring in this world, this lovely old world. This whole stuff is to take the world down, this greening agenda, and to bring us into misery, poverty, death, and destruction, and we die off through starvation and different means. As, as they're literally living, all the proper people will live on with their descendants in the very high-tech cities. Tie that in with the Department of Defense's project for the next uh, 100 years. I have it up on my archive section. That's from the military for the NATO, the advised NATO, and the, the, the Department of Defense is coupled with the American one that came out at the same time for the U.S. Army. And they both have the same projections that eventually they'll have a world government for a short time uh, to take us down. And as we're going down, uh, they will be living in a few high-tech cities across the world. Well, that's what they're building right now. This, is all, this all ties in together. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much for your work. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, all of um, the dogs here say hello to him. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Amish would appreciate that. Thank uh, th you. Thanks for calling. Good night. And yes, uh, it's astonishing. You see, again, we're, we're never told a story. You have to read and define the story and put things together. And they've given us the agenda. It's so interesting, too, I find that H.G. Wells, all that time ago, when he, he wrote Shape of Things to Come, and the, the old black and white movie version, too, and then a later souped-up version, but the old one's good, too. They show you the police of the air that will gas all the people that are left and all the rest and bring them under a world government run by a scientific dictatorship, which he calls the Freemasonry of the air, by the way. And, um, and when they actually take over one place by gassing the people who are fighting, uh, he says, oh, there's no competition allowed in our world. No competition. No, there's no free enterprise, no anything. It's all run by the scientific elites. But he also said uh, there'd be a third world war in one of his books. Uh, a third world war and um, it would start he said in the place where th this sign this uh, aerial masonic pre-masonic brotherhood of the air would have their base their main base and it was to be in dubai not in dubai sorry it was to be in in iraq based in iraq and basra that'd be their main base for all the scientists so at the very end guess where all the military wealth and, and elite would be living the middle east isn't that amazing? What a, what a great imagination this propagandist for these boys happened to have. And all he was was a, a little hack writer that was given all the stories and the, the topics to write rounds to include in his stories. The Fabian founder, Mr. Wells. That's how far ahead they plan it. The world is a big business plan. Big business plan. We, we're the sheep, basically. And it's our job to support those who plan the future to make sure they survive. Pure Darwinism. And their children survive. And all our tax money is going to research and development and all the rest of it to enslave us, control us. And we use our ingenuity and our brains and our youth at university to do experiments for them and find better ways to control us, to alter the, de the genes, to create clones and all the rest of it. And now they have all that stuff and technology they can create uh, a successful, passive, cloned 
working class, the hive mentality. They won't need entertainment. They, they won't need to go shopping because they're bored stiff and buy themselves something new. They'll be just happy to work and very efficient. As we all you know, the old man dies off. And it's part of the Darwinian belief that the old must die off when the new emerge. And these guys do believe they're more evolved than we are. This is a religion. It's so similar to Hinduism. It's incredible. But then again, it's so incredibly old. Very old religion. Had many names down through the ages. Even with the school of Alexandria, with Neoplatism, they got the Platonic ideas of, a, of the expert rulership of a guardian class of the world. And how they profane all those people in the dark down below would be the machine, the, the driving machine that they would use to create their world utopia for themselves. Over and over and over, all through a variety of secret societies, all controlled by the same capstone. It's astonishing the information on Freemasonry you'll get to do with the revolutions. I told you about Albert Pike, go right into it, and Mazzini, and Mazzini was pushing what became, he handed over to Lenin, the communist revolution. The World Revolutionist Socialist Party. Why on earth are charitable organizations at their front, obviously, pushing bloody revolutions? Because ultimately, as they go up through the degrees, they find what's all about elitism, the right of those who can see to rule those who do not. Very, very simple. Most of them at the bottom just take their little perks and fill their pockets and help each other and they're oblivious to anything above. They don't really care to know anything above. So many of the religions within the U.S. were created by those who came in under guise. They hid behind various Christian societies. They've been all over Europe for a long, long time under different names, Albigensian and so on, with their Gnostic beliefs. And Gnostic really was coupled totally with the, the Neoplatonic idea as well. Very old societies teaching the same things over and over. That man is God. The wise man, not any man, but themselves, you understand. Those who have seen the light. They're gods. But that's the world we live in. And the world we live in, it was created for us. The whole, the whole recent culture we've had, by that way, I mean a hundred years, was created by Bernays and a lot like him who understood a science that wasn't even taught at the time in any university, of how to not only give and alter cultures, but how to manipulate the cultures as they're altering them to alter behavior in everybody within the culture. They give you your beliefs and they take them away and replace them with new ones. Now it's the green agenda. They understand that we're motivated by so many different unconscious needs or desires or drives. And they know how to press the buttons. And Bernays didn't get it from Uncle Freud. What Freud gave out was baby talk. These guys had the real stuff. Baby talk was for the general public. They'd had centuries and centuries and centuries of observation within different cultures and peoples because they moved all the time. And they were in the business of selling and loaning and lending and usury 
and debt and credit. And they knew how to sell stuff. You alter the culture in order to sell the product. Can you believe that? Seems, seems hard to do. Read Bernie's books. He loves to boast about it. And if you read them and you're wide awake, you'll see an awful lot more between the lines that he hints at too. Fascinating stuff. And as I say, there was nothing taught at universities in his day. This is a guy who was advising a president of the United States on how to advertise World War I when he was only in his early 20s. This is a guy who went around with Wilson and that clique of Wilson's, Mandel House and all the rest of them, who really was the boss behind Wilson. And the, the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Lord Grey, because that's who told Mandel House his orders that he told to Wilson. But Bernays went around to help set up the League of Nations to convince the world we'd have to give up our sovereignty and go under a world government as early as that, the end of World War I. I don't think he was 27 by then. This guy had been taught from birth for his role. Taught into arcane sciences. Sciences, as I say, that hadn't even gone into any university course at that time. And he was absolutely confident of every step that he took. Back with more after this break. the matrix uh, as I said before these people think they're gods and no kidding I mean they really are into the, the temple stuff and all their symbology it's all around you and uh, the symbols are everywhere they're all through the, the, the pop music and rock music and all whatever you want to call whatever kind of music it's all through everything in fact the symbology roughly called Freemasonry and the same symbols there's a big court they put out in, in uh, Israel, the pyramid there, the library as well, with, I think, Rothschilds. Uh, Rothschilds, by the way, is called the Messiah over there. Even in the, in the whole lineage are called Messiahs. And there's, then there's a Rockefeller Museum there as well, donated by Rockefeller. You have to see them too, because you see these same, same symbols in these super cities are building all over the world. And the Astana one, it's interesting to Astana, they claim they're not religious, and that's a scrambled Satan, Satana, isn't it? It's so damned obvious. <laughs> they were religion, all right. And Albert Pike says what it was. And so did Blavatsky and a few other ones. But they do think they're gods, you see. And even that psycho Bill Clinton, uh, I presume with the incredible ego he's got, the good psychopath that he is, thinks he's one. Remember, too, the ancient, the ancient um, Roman emperors used to have statues erected in their honor so that they were the people who thought that the chief was God, you see. They were actually worshipped as gods, could worship their likeness in their absence. And Constantine was one of them, the guy who, in, in the 4th century AD, gave, you know, officially sanctioned Christianity to be one of the religions, one of the religions of the time, being a good politician that he was. And he belonged, he had insurance policies in every religion there was out there, in fact. 
the cult of Mithra, all the rest of them. And here's what here's an article that ties in with that. It's so amazing to me. BBC News, November the 1st, Kosovo. And Kosovo unveils Clinton's statue. He went over to it at the opening for, to, to honor himself. Eh? Bill Clinton is greeted by chewing crowds at his statue. Former U.S. President Bill Clinton has attended the unveiling of a statue of himself in Kosovo's capital, Pristina. Three and a half meter, 11 foot tall, bronze statue was inaugurated at Bill Clinton Boulevard to allow cheers of thousands of, I love how they keep saying ethnic Albanians. <laughs> Many of them regard Mr. Clinton as a hero for launching NATO's air bombing campaign to drive Yugoslavia's troops out of the Serbian province in 1999. Well, he didn't do that. You know that. Billy was too busy snorting. Doing a lot of snorting. A guy like that was not running the country. No way, no way, Jose, was he running the country. The U.S. has never been run by the guy that you see for probably over 100 years. Never. This is Kosovo unilaterally declared independence from Belgrade last year. The move was supported by the U.S. and many Western powers, but a number of countries, including China and Russia, still regard Kosovo as part of Serbia. It goes on about big statue. That's what it says, big statue. No kidding. Mr. Clinton waved to the crowds as, a, as the red cover, of course it's a red cover, was pulled off the statue on Sunday. My God, eh? God's worshipping gods. Making we'll go there and worship his likeness, folks. And uh, see the puppets they put as front men. Always look at the guy who's behind them is more important. The number two. Well, from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you. <laughs>